0: Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of
1: restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Thank you for what's going to take place this morning. We give you thanks for your peace. Um, We give you thanks, Lord, for how you have called us to serve you, who we are in this world, and what it means to be your people. We pray that you would move with power, with grace this morning, that we would leave this place having been in your presence, Lord. Uh, We entertain ourselves, Father God, with many things, Lord, but in your presence, let us be overwhelmed and overjoyed that we have captured your heart and we have seen you and seen your face and your favor, and we are in passionate pursuit of everything you have planned, Lord. Your plans are higher than our plans. Your preparations are, are more significant, Lord than anything we could ever hope or dream, Lord. So, Lord, we pray that your word allows us to transfer over your sentiment to our lives, Lord, that we might live for your glory, that we might get on the same page that you are for this 2012 year, Lord. We give you thanks for uh, the Spring of Life team. We give you thanks for those who serve in this house. We give you thanks for the plans that you have for us. We pray that you would equip us and prepare us for the incredible... Um, work that you have during this season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Uh, not before, I want to, a lot of times we don't understand the power that we have as God's people, but I want to show a small video clip of uh, something called the power of God. And this was sent over to me this week, and uh, and you'll see how powerful it is to be a Christian in, uh, in our modern era. Uh, let's go ahead and put the, the power of God video clip up there. and And I want you to be... Uh, showing yourself forth as the people of God in this season. Let's go ahead and watch this.
0: Frisco, Texas. Sometimes you don't have a weapon for fighting back. And when an armed robber bursts through her door, shop owner Marion Chadwick thinks she doesn't have a prayer. Give the money. He comes to the counter with his gun, and he taps on it, and he says, this is a robbery. I want your money. With a loaded gun just inches from her face, Marion calmly retaliates using the power of the pulpit. Move it out of my store right now in the name of Jesus. I planted my feet, pointed my finger in his face, and I said, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my store. Though she's a hair trigger from being blown to smithereens, Marion relies on a higher firepower. You get out of my store right now in the name of Jesus. That was my weapon, that I had one shot. The thief reels from the biblical assault. But the preacher's not done with her sermon. Now went, I bind you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Leave. Marion doesn't know if the crook is afraid of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, or her. He backed up, and he kept backing up until he got to the front door, and then he took off. Marion may not have saved the robber's soul, but using the word definitely saved her life.
1: In the name of Jesus. Wow. We have our own Mary in here. You guys remember that the same thing happened to Keiko, right? One of the sisters in the church, a guy jumped in her car and says, get out of the car. She goes, no, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my car right now. And and he goes, okay, I'm not going to take your purse, but I'm taking your car. She goes, no, you're going to leave right now in the name of Jesus. And he just got out of the car and took off. So don't, don't forget to use the name of Jesus when you're up against the foes that come against us. And there's a power in that name that's uh, powerful. Um, it, my heart in this season is to, uh, we said it, in 2012, we were going to try and grow more intimate with the Lord. And growing more intimate with the Lord, uh, if you were here on Wednesday and Thursday, you were able to see that uh, pursuing God is loving what God loves and hating what God hates. And if there's one thing that God cannot stand, that's a, a plague in our time, is the issue of things being written. If, if you guys were to watch, I brought some clips here, of the paper. You guys would recall the the calamity of these big, giant waves kill thirteen thousand in Asia, and and the people are distraught and they're overwhelmed by huge uh, plagues that have befallen the earth. Um, uh, there's another one here that shows a map of what was before and what is after the big wave. And you'll see that, that all the construction is wiped away, almost like it's just blown out of proportion in, in proximity. Well, I, I really believe that these are just natural disasters. And the natural precedes the supernatural. Uh, if they were to publish what's taking place today with respect to what we're going to share, um, it, it, it would fill our newspapers. I think it's so rampant that that's why it doesn't even make the front cover. It's like normal. It's like the common cold. And, and this morning, we're going to talk deep in the heart of God with respect to a relationship with God the Father, but not before. Let's go ahead. We prepared a little video clip just to, to give you a little bit of insight of what's taking place all over the world um, and that you should be—it should be on the highest radar of your concern. In fact, it's it's a, a viral epidemic in our generation, and hopefully, uh, in, in the name of Jesus, we are precluded from befalling the effects of of not walking in this scenario. Let's go ahead and watch this video clip real quick, and then we'll get started with the word of the Lord.
0: African jungle, a small monkey is captured. Bound for a pet store in America, the animal carries a deadly virus. Now, I know that some of us have doubts about what we're about to do. We'd be less than human if we didn't. But the fate of the nation, perhaps the world is in our hands. We cannot. We dare not refuse this burden. I'm confident that each of you will do his duty. God forgive us. Your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. We got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. Gets out of there. 260 million Americans will be dead or dying. I'm leaving with the team in an hour. From the heart of a small California town. Damn it, Sam. I want to save these people same as you. To the inner circle of power in Washington. The most optimistic projection for the spread of the virus is this. 24 hours, 36 hours, 48 hours. The greatest medical crisis of all time. We can't stop it. Begins. Many people are dying and are going to continue to die unless we find this monkey. There will be panic the likes of which we have never seen.
1: Wondering what it is the expressions of being far from the Father. The salvation that God brought us to this world is to bring us back to the heart of a Father. Something that is so perilous when we miss. I've talked to 60, 70 year old men and they could point back to the time of their rejection. These men that you guys saw up there, Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler men who started movements upon the earth, Muhammad. men who started false religions like Confucius, who's affected all of Asia to this time. It's all the result of one thing, and and I believe that that's the result of everything we've ever suffered. In Luke chapter 19, we see that, um, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus comes to this world for one specific purpose. To make sure that we're tied back to the Father. Something that we aren't very familiar with. Something that is a void in many of our lives. He says all these things have been, been delivered to me by my Father. I've come into this world with instructions. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And who the Father accepts except knows the Father except the Son. The full expression of fatherhood is in Christ. It's not a religion that Christ brings to our lives. It's not even a relationship with Christ outside of knowing the Father because I cannot believe that somebody would claim to know the Son if he cannot produce the expressions of fatherhood. The one whom the Son wills to reveal him. That's what Jesus came to do. And I think that every aspect of the life of a non-believer is affected because of a lack of having a father in his life. And we know that there are biological fathers who, who perform a physical function, but the true function of a father is to bring us into real relationship with the eternal Father. And we see here time and time and time and time again that the men of God that follow Jesus Christ were saying, you speak so much of the Father, why don't you show us where He is? In John chapter 8, verse 19. The question many of us have is, where is your father? And Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. We have the most incredible access to the presence of the most incredible father that that this world needs. And in that relationship and in that devotion and in that proximity, everything is met at incredible levels. He tells them, you being bad father knows how to give good gifts to your sons. How much more will Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? Give that which attaches us to God, to those who ask of Him. I want to let you understand that a father is something that God has placed in our life to track our life into the purpose of God. And... Many times God has to put things on an earthly perspective for us to get the heavenly perspective. In John chapter 3 he tells Nicodemus how can I speak to you of spiritual things if you won't even grasp a hold of the natural things. How is it that you're missing out on the provisions I've given you? It says there in John chapter 3 and as he's He's interchanging these words with Nicodemus. Nicodemus is just totally not getting it. And a lot of us are are really missing out on the perspective of everything God has for us. I was seeing the effects of of being able to, uh, a young girl who's preparing to, to see her future, except she wants to plan her future without perspective to dad. Uh, Dad finds it overwhelmingly huge burden to entrust his daughter into her future, so he'd rather just tell her, you and your mother figure it out, I'll try and get the finances, and is totally non-involved. And that is so far from the heart of God. I was listening to a father who was receiving his son the day his son was birthed, and, and he says, I couldn't wait for my, my son to come out of the, the womb so that I could speak blessing and affirmation and, and assurance to his life. And yet, I remember when my sons were born, since I didn't know what to do, I just sat there and marveled at their presence. I was excited. But with, without any of the depth of a, of a father's heart to be able to pronounce blessing at the time of that birth, we're so foreign to these concepts. We're so foreign to, to what God wants us to do, even as fathers. But I, I know the father's heart is, is to want to reveal himself to us. And, and many times we're engaged in a, a million pursuits. Um, in John chapter 15, verse 1, uh, Jesus tells his followers, He says, The reason people act the way they do. And we're reading John chapter 15. Um, It says, I'm sorry, 16.3. And these things they do unto you because they they, they do not know me. All these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father or me. Could we go a little bit further to understand what this world is going through? The attitudes, the situations in people's heart is truly just pinpointed to one area. We could call them a jerk. We could call them selfish. We could call them despised. But the truth is that they haven't come into relationship with the Father because that is the perfect relationship that we needed to be a part of since day one. Uh, Our prodigal life, our life living far from the Father's house is is the result of, of trying to impress others, trying to trying to engage in a manner that's not ourselves. All these expressions can be tracked to one very definite place. They have not known the Father. All these things they will do. They don't come to church because they don't know the Father. They don't have a relationship in Christ because they do not know the Father. As soon as you get a taste of the Father, you're going to be overwhelmed by His goodness. He says in John chapter 14, verse 2, There's always place in the Father's house. There's always preparations. There's always provision. There's a vast resources of wealth and goodness in the Father's house. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For now, I too will go and prepare a place for you. These are are the things that that many times pass over us without us understanding why is it that God is calling us to the Father? Why is it a closer to walk to God It becomes a full expression of a full life? In verse 2, he says, um, verse 3, he says like this, For if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. It was a continued, in verse 18 of that same chapter, he says, I will not leave you without uh, provision. You will not be orphans. You will not be as those that don't have provision. All our lack of provision is our lack of coming to the Father. Uh, I, I can say that um, uh, our preparations before we, we get started in our career, in our marriage, in our family, in, in, in projected in our purpose, all these things are a disconnect from the Father. If we can, if we can ask God, Lord, could I, I go back to understanding that place? Could I go back to that place where, where I've missed out? And, and for every uh, man looking for intimacy in his lewdness and sexual uh, depravity, uh, for every woman who's looking for intimacy in a relationship with a man, and to and find themselves totally uh, disillusioned by not finding the, the desire of their heart. And it all comes to this scenario of, of trying to uh, plead out to God. Where are you? That's why he says, I don't leave you as orphans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my spirit. There's nothing... I, I, want to, I want to be able to tell you that uh, the Father is a spirit. It's not an actual thing. It's the spirit of the Father. It's it's expressed in everything that goes on in our life. It's expressed through our human fathers. It says you had human fathers who did their best to correct you and to discipline you and to show you the way. And, And that was just a little bit of who I am. Your earthly fathers tried their best Let's go to um, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. He says, I don't leave you out in the cold. I don't leave you without direction. I don't leave you without provision. But how how far are we from this relationship? And, and one of the things that Christ leads us to is to cultivate this reality. If we miss that, we have missed Christ. Because that's what he came to do. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As you let God's Spirit lead you. And that Spirit is manifest in, in, in every expression. When you show up at church, the pastor have the Spirit of God upon his life. It's a Spirit of a Father. And, and many people, because they can't identify that Spirit, walk away from From great provisions. He says, these are the sons of God. These are the ones that are going to be able to come into relationship. Those that are led by the Spirit of God. And and some of us are waiting for a a physical manifestation of something called God the Father. But this Spirit has been already upon the earth since Christ came. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says to, to the people... And because we are the children of God, we are those that have come to Christ. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And that spirit should more than anything else, more than anything else in your spiritual walk, be crying out, I want a relationship with the father. I want to know that I'm at peace with the father. I know that that I'm walking towards the father's provision. Verse seven, he says like this, in our hearts that that." That spirit calls out, I have a father. And that way we're no longer distant, captive. We're no longer disconnected. We're no longer yearning for what the world yearns for. But we become a son. And since we're sons, then we become receivers of the father's provision. In every course that... Christ turned when he was trying to reach out to the Samaritan woman. She had tried many relationships with men. And, and she, was per, she was on hot pursuit of something. She couldn't figure it out. And finally, Jesus says, what you're thirsting for is a relationship with the Father. And once you have that, it will quench the thirst. You're not going to be paying attention to other fountains, to other wellsprings. In John chapter 4, As he's talking to the Samaritan woman in verse 23, he says, The hour is coming and now is that those who worship, say with me, the Father, will worship Him in spirit and in truth. For our Father is seeking those who will come and worship Him. The true worshipers will worship the Father. They'll understand the importance of that relationship. And it'll be a spiritual relationship. It'll be based on the transparency of truth. It's almost like every time we have an opportunity, we'd rather the Father not to be present. We'd rather not to come true. And so he says those words. This this relationship you can have with me is based on a spiritual alignment and it's, it's, a, it's a father spirit that follows us when we're at school, when we're at work, when we're in relationships, when we're in business deals, when we're at church. We, we, in verse 24, he says like this, God is spirit. And those who worship him must realize that this is not going to be a father who's going to be chasing you around town and checking up on you with respect to a physical presence. But it's a spiritual presence. And it's, it's in the mouth of all those that surround you on a constant basis. And you might not be able to receive it from your earthly father. Well, you're sure to receive it from some manager at a local store. You'll receive it from some uh, owner of the company you work for. You'll receive it from, from a place where you'll go try and, and prosper And there is no prosperity without the Father. There is no prosperity without a connection at at that level. Every day more trying to discern into these things. And tracking the the life of Christ. As a a child in Luke 2.49, he was about his father's business. And I want to challenge you in every, every of your life to start using my Father. My Father allowed me to get a raise this week. My Father opened doors for me. My Father has plans for me. I want to please the Father. I don't do anything without the Father's instruction. I want to tap in to the Father's heart. I want to find out what is it He has in His vast resources of provision. And that's what makes you and I different from this world. That's what makes you and I different from a prodigal son. That's what makes you different from an orphan. That makes you different from somebody like the Samaritan woman who's trying to figure it out. And Jesus is trying to say, listen, your connect needs to be with the Father. And this is why Jesus came in John 14, verse 6. He says, I am the entire package of truth. I am the entire uh, walk in the direction that you need to take. I'm the entire provision of the life you will enjoy. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can find out how to live this life and how to receive the provisions. And, and he says from a, a young age, he says, I need to be in my Father's house. Um, it's, it, my Father has a way that you can pray to Him? Uh, Why are you making of my Father's house a a den of thieves? Why don't you make my Father's house a house of prayer? And in every direction that Christ takes, He's he's pointing to this relationship. He says this is the access way to everything God has for us. Um, I, I realize that when He tells in Luke chapter 15... When he tells the whole story of the prodigal son and he says the man walked from the father's house and he thought his prosperity was in that direction only to realize when he was totally deprived and distraught and you know dispossessed of everything he had where did he have to return he had to return to the father in my father's house, there's much provision. There's many plans. You start wandering out there. It's it's funny how how Christians go in the pursuit of the world, thinking that the world has something. And there we have all the theories of, of the Muslim religion, which is overtaking Europe. Huge. There's only one problem: there, there is no father in that in that relationship. You'll you you'll be related to a religion. You'll be related to a a doctrine. You'll be related to a religious thought. Political issues, as as men have told me, my relationship is with politics, and and I, I I'm what is more deceptive than politics? What is more deceitful than those men who say one thing and in the next minute they say I didn't mean what I said? But the father's words are always the same. And as he comes back to the father, uh, the father's not involved in his harvest. He's not involved in his business and his work. He's looking out for the return of the son. He's looking out for the return of the prodigal. And he says, this son of mine who is dead is now alive. Let's rejoice. Let's, let's give him the garment." Let's put the ring on his finger. Let's give him sandals for his feet. Let's project him in purpose. James had met the Father so well that he says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Everything that we can expect, everything that we have planned is in this relationship with the Father. And so as I see these things, I'm I'm totally, I can tell it's the Spirit of God that's leading us this year to say, "Let's, let's go back to walking like Christ walked. Let's go to John chapter 20, verse 17. He had raised from the dead. He was excited. There were so many things that he could confirm. There were so many things that he wanted to talk about. And as Mary Magdalene was trying to hold on to him, he says, Do not cling. Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am going to the Father. Whose Father? Your Father. I'm going to the Father. Don't forget, this is your Father too. And I'm going to my God. This is your God. I'm going to that place where we need to be. Don't don't hang on to me in that regards. as, As we see why this Father figure has been so disfigured. And I want to tell you women, if there's anything you can do to bless your children is to begin to cultivate a relationship between sons and fathers. If you want your son to be prosperous, you better start allowing the heart of the father to be expressed at home. You should be that which magnifies the heart of God in your husband. And many times we see that, shh, don't tell your father. If your father finds out, All these things that have been really put into our heart so that we not look for the Father. You know what's going to come from the Father? Clarity, direction, affirmation, purpose, confirmation. This is the expressions of the Father that God wants us to be able to express. I really think that until the church gets to the place where we each have a relationship with the Father, with that type of intimacy, that the people will come looking for it also. Because when the Samaritan woman goes back to the city and she says, I got a connection with the spirit of the father who's seeking those who worship him to worship him in spirit and in truth, that's when the whole city comes out. Everything that has ever been longing in the heart of man, if you see uh, Adolf Hitler, you say, how did he become such a great world leader? Could I tell you that after World War I, all their fathers had died and Adolf Hitler promised to be the father to that great nation? And so that's why he got the following. When you see the story of Star Wars and Luke Skywalker, you make fun of it. You say, oh, how foolish. But the true pursuit of an orphan trying to find his way is what brings the heart of multitudes to want to know about this person's life because it's much like our life. And that final scene and Luke, I'm your father. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that what's yearning in the heart of man? Isn't that what's yearning into the deep heart of a young woman, a young man, even a a businessman? Who do I call for fatherly advice? Who do I call that will back me up and I could get before him and be transparent and know that there's not going to be any antagonism in that direction? That's what the heart of a father means. Uh... These last novels and movies of Harry Potter, how convenient to pick an orphan. Uh, One who travels through life without knowing direction, without having a father. And and the multitude of young people that are pursuing that. I want to tell you that a father's heart is a, a place of protection. In John chapter 10 verse 7, as Jesus portrays the heart of the father, he says, I am the door of the sheep. In chapter 10, verse 10, he says it again. He says that in this relationship, there's another one that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But in a relationship with me, there is life and there's huge provisions that abound towards us. We need to start cultivating the spirit of a father in our relationships, in our families, in our church. We need to start understanding what that relationship is, what God wants to embrace us with. I don't think there's another offer in the gospel but to bring us close to the Father. They said, how are we to connect? They said, when you pray, pray like this, my Father who art in heaven. Everything is directed at the Father. Everything is is an illustration of the opening of the heart of God for the expressions of everything God has for us. And somehow or another, the devil is an expert at making us run from the Father. The first man and woman who decided to hide from the presence of God to get ahead without the Father was a total travesty, and yet we do it time and time and time again. We think that a relationship absent transparency, a relationship absent a door that that protects. When he says, I am the door, you can can see the heart of God. I'm the one that stands there. In the old old, um, expressions of a, a, a person who watched over the sheep, it's, it says that they would build a hedge of thorns all the way around those that they loved. Primarily the sheep they were taking care of. They would lay down. It says a good shepherd would lay down and give his life for the sheep. And what happened is they would they would grab branches and and create walls. They're called hedge of thorns. And it was a perfect circle so that no predator could come in and devour. And then the shepherd used to sit at the at the entrance of that, of that hedge of thorns. And that's what a father is. And can, I can t- tell you that a father is a gatekeeper. A father is the one who stands guard. A father is the one who watches. A father is the one who protects. You should never listen to the heart of a father and say, oh, that's stupid. Oh, that's foolish. Oh, I know more than that. Because deep seated in the heart of a father is the heart of God. So one of the things that that I read right when I became a Christian was Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3, where he says, if you want to prosper, if you want to live a long life, if you want everything to go well with you, honor your Father. Honor that person who sits at the gate. Honor that person. That, and remember, it's, it's not that person. It's the Spirit of God in that person. It's, it's, it's the symbolism of what reflects in that scenario. He says, to the older men in the congregation, treat them as fathers. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3, that everything, that it may be well with thee. Well, it speaks of a lot of fronts. Primarily, it speaks of peace. A place of rest, a place of comfort. He says, I don't leave you like you're stranded. I don't leave you out there in the middle of the cold. I want to lavish you know, and, and the expressions of his provision in Christ sealed it for us because if we had any doubt that God loves us, all we have to do is see the sacrifice of the Son. He says, look, behold what manner of love God has loved us with. Being sinners, he sent his Son into the world. Being far from God, he's made a provision for us to get back to him. If our, if our mistakes or our sins or our frailties or our Our inabilities are those things that keep us far from the Father. Now He has given us a full ride back towards Him in the blood of Christ. If anyone makes any mistakes, the blood of Jesus is there to wash, to erase, to cleanse, to make brand new. I I read this aspect of Paul in his pursuit in Ephesians 3.14. And as he is coming to reason, when he comes to the end of his knowing all things, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be made sure that before that spirit, I have a humble heart before that direction. I'm ready to be taught and corrected. Oh, that we're going to desire a father to be around in later years and we would have wiped away all semblance of his existence with every turning. And so he says, I bow down my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a man in great pursuit. This is not a a young teenager. This is a man who's already gone through through years of, of defying that aspect in every sort and coming to the conclusion there's no better place than to bow before all that can be learned before a father. All that can be taught as a father speaks to us. In Hebrews chapter 12, the, the Spirit of God through the writer of Hebrews says, do not despise that spirit that is speaking to you as sons. Do not despise that. Verse I believe it's uh, verse uh, 5. Hebrews 12, 5. Have you forgotten that there's one who calls you, who wants to correct you and speak to you as sons? My son, do not despise when the the chasing of the Lord has come, nor be discouraged when you're rebuked. This This is an expression of dad. Oh, the devil got in you. It's not the devil, it's the spirit of the Lord. It's not something that's not from God, is something that It comes from heaven. It comes and sets and poses itself every time that, that comes towards you. Don't run from it, don't hate it, don't despise it, don't belittle it. In verse 6 he says, For whomever the Lord is chastening, whoever he discourages, those are the ones that are being received, those are the ones that are being loved, those are the ones that are being cared for. There, there are, let me tell you something, there's a plague and an epidemic way worse than this, this 13,000 that die from a tsunami. Way worse than this is the, the amount. They say that a plague or an epidemic is one in a 1,000 people that get, that get the virus. Giant wave kills 13,000 in Asia. Let me ask you a question. If they were to count the numbers of men and women who walk far from the father. It would be more than one in a thousand. I would say it would be 900 in a thousand. They totally have no father figure in their life. They have no pastor. They have no biological father. They don't have a mentor. The closest some people get is they pay a lot of money to have a life coach. And a life coach tries to convince you to do something that's for your own benefit, but a father does it for free. A father speaking into your life words of high value. And and, and what breaks my heart is seeing a, a young little girl who's fatherless, no father figure in her life. And she'll be there. She goes to church. She'll hide from church. She'll hide from her pastor's. And she'll run to a fatherless son, a fatherless daughter, running to a fatherless son saying, let's, let's go and let's run away. Let's, we have plans. I have something I want to do in life. I want to be able to give you. Without a father in his life, he can't give her anything. Without a father in her life, there's nothing to be sought. Just a bunch of sorrows. And so if the little girl said, let me go check real quick, I'm going to go talk to my mom, the mom is fatherless. And the mom will say, let me check with grandma, and they'll go checking for grandma, and grandma's fatherless. And so you got all these fatherless people, all these orphans trying to put together the plans without a father in place without having the concerns of what a father's heart would bring to the picture. Having a father's heart, I look over in that direction and seeing that play out. A father's heart is broken. And then looking at our father in heaven, seeing his heart broken. Because again, we're trying to pursue plans and pursue purposes, all the while walking far from the spirit of God. And so we cannot prosper in these things that God has for us. You know, Father is there to give the affirmations in 2 Peter 1.17. Peter, the follower of Christ, says we were there when Christ was in the mid of his 30s. And he was pursuing his purposes. And we heard that voice. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when this voice came out from heaven, from the excellent glory, saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I, I, I don't know how to transfer this enough, and that's why you guys see me out of place, is, is this aspect of the heart of God is not until the place where we look up for the affirmation of God in what we do as a father can we expect anything to go well. And he, it's not for the the 12-year-old who's just becoming a young man, it's not for the 17-year-old who thinks he's a man. It's not for the 25-year-old who thinks he's a man of men. No. He was 30 years old, and he was still yearning to hear the voice of God. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You don't have to sit there and figure out if what you're doing is right. Just ask a father. You don't have to sit there and figure out if things will go well, just ask a father. You don't have to sit there and and plan things in, in projected speculation. I hope it goes well. All you have to do is ask a father. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, I believe it's verse 15 or 17, he says, you have a lot of teachers. You have a lot of people that will give you a lot of information, and you'll grow on that information. But I want to remind you, keep on, I think it's 15. Though you might have 10,000, you might find in your, in your course of life, 10,000 men who will speak into your life of various information. You won't have many fathers. And then he tells the church in Corinth, I'm your father in the Lord. I'm the one that God allowed to line up in your life. I'm not everybody's father, but I'm your father. I'm the one that God is going to speak words of encouragement. It'll speak words of correction. It'll speak the father's heart. What father? Can you guys tell me what father? Father God. And and so Christ comes to give us that way and access to the father. And that's why unless you're longing and the yearnings of your innermost being, uh, intimate relationship with God, you're not going to get serious with Christ because He will lead you to the Father. He'll lead you to a place where you will know that you know that you know that you're beloved in Christ, that you're well-beloved as the Father's pleasure is being bestowed upon you. I, I I want to do two things. One is to for us to pursue personally, ourselves, Uh To hear the Father's voice. To perceive the Father's embrace. To listen to the Father's word. And we know that's the Bible. That's what what the Bible is. Some people say, God never speaks to me. Well, you haven't been reading the Bible very often and lately. Because as soon as you open up the Bible, the Father begins to minister and speak to your life. In every area, every area, God will speak to you. God will will lead you in a way, I, I want to encourage you in this regard that your faith will grow, you'll be stretched, you'll be taken to another level. And and he'll tell you that with him all things are possible. While other people are saying you'll never do that. You can never do that. I thank God for the voice of God. I thank God for the voice of a father who says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can you can you can really perceive and to fulfill the dreams that he has for you. The the plans for uh any father's heart is to fulfill in his children his plans. And it's tremendous that, that isn't it awful that, that young men who have nothing to do and don't know what to do or how to do go to a college counselor? They go to a counselor at college instead of going to a father. I, I thank God for men like David Palmer. A couple years ago, he came and said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Maybe a bank teller, maybe a doctor. I said, Brother, doctor, it is go and all the doors were open within within 30 days he got the student loan he, he got registered it was supernatural the open doors when when you have uh, the the heart of a son and then you have your father in heaven who's faithful to speak to you through men who is he's put in our lives um and so the prosperity and the blessing that comes when we're tied to the father is supernatural um You try it on your own. I don't know who the prodigal found on his journey who would counsel him. But what a wise decision to come back to the father. What a wise decision to, to, you know what he told us? He didn't just come back home. I hope you don't miss it out. It's not just coming back home. He had to start all over. He says, Father, teach me how to be like one of your servants. Teach me. Show me Show me how I'm to talk. Show me how I'm to conduct myself. Show me what I should do with my time. Show me how I should invest. What, what areas could I develop? I'm enjoying Mauricio's relationship with Nicholas as, as they've, in the last years in Christ, have come closer together and, and see how they interact as father and son and, and how, how much peace that brings, how much certainty, how much acknowledgement, how much affirmation it brings in the life of a son to be close to his father. And I know that that's what God has for each and every one of us. Uh, that's what I seek in my relationship with God. Let's stand this morning and ask God, Lord, how is it that we've missed this? How is it that, that we've come to Christ and, and we don't know that it, it's all about the Father? How is it that we've, we've, we've so many areas in our lives that are yet undefined and you know why? Because it's that viral, the, the virus of the fatherlessness that's hit our generation. If, if you see every single one of these people that we've listed in our small video clip, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, no father. She speaks out of the, you know, being cynical in a life without peace, without provision. Every, our, 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 our present president, Obama, Barack Obama, no father, a fatherless man. His wife, Michelle, a fatherless uh, woman. Not being able to cultivate that spirit. And yet us as born again in Christ Jesus, Christ wants to uh, begin to cultivate this at such a level, at such a level that the world recognizes. the, The world has made us feel foolish that you're 30 years old Imagine Jesus at the age of 30. That's when his ministry started, from 30 to 33. And he says, I will do nothing unless first I talk with the Father. The words I speak are because I have them backed up by a Father. And it's not not necessarily a particular person. Remember, it's a spirit. Our, our, Our Father is a spirit, and that spirit will speak to our biological dad. It will speak through our professors. It will speak through our bosses. It will speak through um, the pastor. It will speak through, through the Word of God. The closer the tie to the Spirit of God, the more prosperous man. The less connection with the Spirit of God, the more we're unable to say, Abba, Father. The more we're disconnected in our needs and provision. As we sing this song, I want to encourage you to... Begin to say, "Lord, I want my heart ties to be thrown in the Father's direction. My heart strings. If I'm going to be pulled by something, I want to be pulled by the Father's heart, the Father's words, the Father's spirit." As we sing this song, you tell the Father, "I need you. I love you. I want you in my life." I'm going to begin to use that word, "My Father." In, in many areas of my life, in my relationship with my wife, in my marriage, our children, our businesses, my father, my father, my father who is in heaven, he sees in secret and blesses you openly. Let's, let's start uh, singing to the Lord and let it be your prayer this morning.